Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome, everybody. If you've been here for a long time, if you're brand new, we're really glad to have you here. If you don't know who I am, I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm not the regular speaker. Jeremy is, so if you really don't like it this morning, it's your first time, come back next week, see what it's normally like, and, and give it a second shot. Um, would you pray with me before we get started? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these folks, and I thank you for Jesus, our Savior, who has gathered us together in this place to hear your word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would soften our hearts and enlighten the eyes of our hearts this morning so that we would see Jesus, that we would know him, that we would know his love for us, and that this would give us, would fuel a passion in us to know him more and to tell others about him. I pray this morning that the word said would be your words and that your Holy Spirit would have heard what you want heard and that each, each ear would hear uh, exactly what it should hear. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, <clears throat> I got something in my pocket here. I got some keys. Yeah, these are keys to our new building on Broad Street, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. We're pretty excited about it. Uh, right? I mean, we've got a lot to do. We have a long way to go. But we'll you know, hopefully get moved in in the next few months. We've got some construction to do, whatever. But the, the possibilities for this place are really cool. I mean, we're going to be able to meet there on Sundays, obviously. Maybe host some events and engage with the culture down there, like with different arts festivals or, you know, stuff like that. Um, hopefully bless, bless our area by doing stuff like that. We're going to have some space for children that's, like, permanent, you know, and where we can foster, a, hopefully, a thriving children's ministry. And we don't have to sit up and take down every week. That's a big deal for some of us. Um, and then we'll have places for meetings, like... Financial Peace University and classes like that, um, youth stuff we're starting up, office space. It's really awesome. It's really awesome. So we are excited about it. Um, my job this morning is to talk about the vision and mission of our church. And the first thing I want to say is it has nothing to do with the building. Before we get started, you know, on, on moving into a building and going forward with that, I just want to make it really clear, lest we kind of fall into the trap of making about making Redemption Church about something it's not. And it's not about a building, and it's not about where we are, and it's never about the name of Redemption Church. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What, I have three questions I hope to answer. Why are we here? Why do we do what we do? And what part do you play in it? So, guys, this, this morning is pretty simple. I mean, the stuff I'm going to say to you is not going to blow you away, and the stuff you've heard over and over and over again. But, uh, just bear with me. We might even get you out a little early, right? But, but hopefully it will call you to some action and call us to action. But, all right. So we often say it, uh, that the purpose of Redemption Church is threefold, gospel, community, and mission. You've heard this. What does that mean? Gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, the person and work of Jesus Christ as revealed through Scripture. Community is the new identity we have as those gathered by Christ to this good news and mission is the stewarding of this good news personally and as a community through proclamation and application. So this morning, I want us to turn to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. That's the first place we'll go. First Peter 2, verse 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So this, 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 
I think this verse really makes a lot of sense with our, with our purpose statement, gospel, community, mission. You see the parallel. Those whom Jesus has called out of, his, out of darkness and into his marvelous light, those who know him, that's gospel, right? Those who are called are gathered together into community to be a people, a priesthood, a holy nation. That's community. And for the purpose of proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus. And that's the mission. So what does this mean for us? Um, it means as Christians that we've experienced something radical, right? Salvation. We were called from death into life, out of darkness into his marvelous light. We know God. And what we've been talking about in Hebrews is that we have a priest who's made it, you know, given us the confidence to come into right relationship with him, right? That's really good news for us. And here's the thing about that good news is it's so good for us. We want other people to know about it, right? So, you know, I, I guess I just want to put real people with our vision statement, right? We want to see people, reco- you know, we want to see people who are addicts, and we want to see people in a, in a world of overdose and actors. Maybe you heard about that news, right, of dying from overdose. In a world where people like, when things like that are happening, when a broken place like that, we want to see addicts freed from addiction. We want to see broken homes repaired and men learning to grow up and love their wives and love their children. Um, that only happens in and through the, good, the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, in a world of consumerism and give me, give me, give me you know, type attitudes and all that, and people who are just building up mountains of debt trying to consume and, and get things to satisfy, and we know that none of those things ever satisfy anybody. right? We want to lead people to Jesus who satisfies the soul. Uh, we want to lead young adults to Jesus. We want to lead children to Jesus. This is a big one for me. In, in a world that's trying to like persuade the hearts and minds of our children and our youth to go away from God and we want to crush God, we want to be a people who lead our children to Jesus and teach them who God is, how he loves them, and that... And we want that love to fuel their passion to love others so that they would share Jesus with other people as well. Because I want to experience, for me, you know, I want my kids to be able to experience the freedom from all these other things, from addiction, consumerism, debt, things like that, because I know that they can find that in Jesus. And the world, man, it tries to crush that. Anyways, uh, in this fallen, broken world, that's kind of what it's about. In this fallen, broken world, if we just could... If we could just open our eyes and look around, we would see that nothing is working. Nothing that we do is working to satisfy us, right? If we could open our eyes on our own, we would see that and we'd stop everything, but we can't. And so we want people to know Jesus who does, it, who, who does open our eyes and who does give us the ability to, to uh, experience that freedom. I don't know. I read this book a while back and... Uh, it was talking, I, it's a weird illustration. You may not get it. But anyways, it was just, it was, <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip that. Anyways, so, but there is this song by David Crowder that talks about, you know, the certain sign of grace is this, that the flower pushing up through the dirt, right? We ourselves are those flowers. We have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we are those flowers that have been pushed through the dirt. And we want to see beauty push up through the mess of the world around us, Right? And we believe that Jesus is the way to do that. We believe Jesus has done that in our lives. 
And we want to keep, continue to see it more, and we want to see it in the, in the lives of others. So our vision statement, this is really what I was getting to, is our vision statement is to lead people to Jesus, to lead people to Jesus. You know, just, but it's not just, I guess what I'm saying is it's not just a, you know, a thing we just throw out there and say, yeah, we're Christians, we want to lead people to Jesus, to get more people to come to Jesus. There's real people. You know people that you want to lead to Jesus, that you wish knew Jesus. If you have kids and you're a parent and they don't know Jesus yet, you want them to know Jesus, Right? So, who do you want to see led to Jesus? And how are you going to do that? And then this, this is the truth that we recognize pretty quick, is that you and I can never, in our own strength or ability, lead somebody else to Jesus. I mean, if we could do that, we would have led ourselves, and we wouldn't have needed him in the first place. We can never put ourselves back in the right relationship with God on our own. Ephesians 1, 16 through 17 says it well. Paul says it well here. Um, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope in which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. It is the spirit who does the work of opening your eyes and leading you to Jesus and to knowing him and opening your heart to know what is the love of Jesus Christ. So we can't do that, but what can we do? That's, and that's our mission, I guess, uh, is that we can't, we can't get the Holy Spirit to work in somebody. We can't, like, prod him and make him go do something, right? But we can observe, like, in the life of Jesus and what he did and all through the New Testament and in, in our own lives where we often see the Holy Spirit move and work in the hearts of people. And so that's what we've done, uh, what we, we try to do is observe those things. And so um, I don't know who it was. Years ago, I think I was probably in high school or maybe in college, I think it was having something to do with going to a passion conference. But I can't remember who it was. They were saying that if you know that the Spirit is moving somewhere and you want to get into where the Spirit's moving, you need to drop everything and go get under that waterfall, right? And I don't remember how he said it exactly. I don't get the quote, but I, it always stuck with me. And it made me, for me at that moment, it, I think it was, I needed to get the passion for me because I knew that God was moving in the hearts of people through that conference and the teaching and stuff that was happening there, and I needed to get there. My point is this, is that we see some things and some rhythms that the Holy Spirit consistently moves and people through. And so that's what we're trying to do at Redemption Church. Uh, here are some ways in which we know the Spirit often moves and opens the hearts of men to know Jesus. One is practical biblical teaching. Remember our purpose statement is the, go- the first part is gospel. It's the good news of the person and work of Jesus Christ as revealed through Scripture. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ through the Scripture. So we want to be dedicated to practical biblical teaching. Because we believe that through that, the Holy Spirit can enlighten the hearts of men and lead them to know Jesus. Number two is practice spiritual discipline, both personal and corporate. Uh, we see the Spirit uh, point us to Jesus and more and more through these things, like prayer, corporate and personal, uh, Bible studies, uh, gathering with other believers on Sundays or missional communities, taking communion together where we're saying a confession of saying that he is who he said he was, and he, or said he is and he's done what he said he would do, uh, singing praises together like we just did and we will do in a little while later, and giving, and giving our tithes and offerings together uh, for the mission. Those are some practice spiritual disciplines. And in doing so, those things, 
you know, we're pointing each other to Jesus and we're leading ourselves to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to meet us there and use those things to open the eyes of our hearts. Number three is building relationships with other people. The Spirit uses people to point each other to Jesus all the time. Right? People, he uses your friends, he uses your family, he uses others to show you Jesus. And in personal service, often we see the Spirit make Jesus known through acts of service, whether you're on the serving end or whether you are the one that's being served. So, at Redemption Church, we have some personal and corporate rhythms, several personal and corporate rhythms that we encourage you to take part in. It's, gonna get, it's just going to get practical. You know, I mean, that's, all, that's what I'm doing. We're just talking about some practical stuff this morning. Um, we have several personal and corporate rhythms we encourage you to take part in. Not because we are a church and churches need to have programs, and so then there's holes to fill and we need you to do things and be a part of them and we need people in the seats. And not because we want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth or anything like that. But it's because we believe that through these rhythms, the Holy Spirit is faithful to enlighten hearts to know Jesus. We're witness to the fact that he does. Uh, has Jesus ever been revealed to you in a sermon or a Bible study? Have you got, come to know Jesus more through any of those things? On a Sunday or in a Bible study in a missional community? Has Jesus ever been made more real to you through one of those things? Has Jesus ever become more real to you through your, your prayer time? Has Jesus ever been made more real to you because of how he used somebody else in your life? Maybe somebody else in this room in your life. Has Jesus ever become more real to you because you serve somebody on a mission trip or at the soup kitchen or in the children's nursery or because somebody got together and came and served you? Has Jesus been revealed to you through those things? I think we want, we want to do these rhythms because we think that we want to foster environments like this where we know the Holy Spirit moves in the hearts of men to know Jesus. So, what are those rhythms that we do? Um, Sunday morning service. That's what we're doing right here. And during this, we'll do, we're preaching right now, and then we, we did some music a little bit. We did a confession of sin and a, uh, assurance, of, what is it? assurance of pardoning grace. We're going to sing some more. We're going to give together. We're going to take communion. You know, these are not just things so we can fill up an hour, right? We do these things for a purpose, and that purpose is to lead each other to Jesus and to engage the Holy Spirit in ways we know that he moves in people's hearts. And we trust totally on him to do it. Missional communities is another thing that we do. Uh, so a missional community is not just one Bible study during the week, or at least that's not what we want it to be. Right? It's supposed to be a place where we can come together, fellowship, get to know each other, build those relationships, like, which is one of the reasons we talk about. Serve together, maybe in your neighborhood, picking something to do. I know we just started doing the, the rescue mission in downtown. Uh, we've done One of the other groups has done Turn Back the Block. This is a way we can get together and serve people together. Um, right? and, so, and we get together and we do do Bible study. We do practical biblical teaching. Another opportunity is DNA groups, which we encourage you to get into. That's a place where two or three guys or two or three girls get in a, in a um, or ladies get into a group and they disciple, nurture, and hold each other accountable. DNA, right? 
Those are places where you're building those relationships and going a little further with your practice spiritual disciplines. Places where we believe the Holy Spirit will move to lead you further and further towards Jesus and give you more and more of a passion for him. So, oh, and then opportunities to serve one another. Not just in missional communities, right? But on Sunday mornings and then even outside of Sunday mornings with some of the ministries we're doing. We've got some stuff coming up, and tonight we have this potluck dinner, right? And then we're going to do a church update meeting, which is a lot of stuff to cover. We'll talk more about some of the stuff we're going to start doing soon. But, you know, we, we have places that we can, do, we can serve together. We can, one we're already doing right now, you can come and help set up and take down. That's a lot of fun. You'll really enjoy that. Maybe God's given you the skill and ability to do it, and you're really passionate about it. We'd love to have you, right? Uh, guest services, they do, like, the greeters at the door. Somebody's at the desk. They check the kids in through to Redemption Kids. They're going to have information on missional communities and other stuff like that. They're, that's a really cool team, and it takes a really special person to do some of those things. Security. Somebody's got to watch the halls and keep the kids safe. Some of you probably have a lot of experience in security and could really help us out there, because I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, if I see somebody, I'm just going to, like, scream, you know? So. <laughs> um, what's something else? Uh, I mean, how could I forget? Nursery. Right, uh, I don't know how many people are signed up to help out, help out with nursery, but it's not a lot. And some Sundays we, you know, have to combine rooms, or at the last minute we're trying to find people to go in there. And that's, I'm not up here to make you feel guilty or anything like that. I'm, I don't want anybody to get and fill a hole because of guilt. I want people to sign up to do things because they they know that they're gifted in it and they're passionate about doing it, right? And they want to lead people to Jesus to lead people to Jesus. And this is one of those opportunities. Nursery, we're starting. Hey, this is good news for some of you. We are working on, and we're going to start this ministry for kids over five years old. It's crazy. We're going to have something for kids over five years old. And then we're going to have something for students also, like you know, middle school and high school students. We're going to do that. So if, you, if you're passionate about some of that, if you think you're gifted to work in some of those areas, come talk to me or come guest services desk, and we'll, we're going to get you plugged in like right away. Okay? Anyways, I'm not sure I was supposed to go there yet, but I just did. So... So, yeah, the last part is, what part do you play? Now I just told you that, and that kind of ruined my notes. But anyways, yeah. <clears throat> so, what part do you play? I want to read this, uh, this verse in, in 2 Peter, chapter 4. Well, here it is. All right. 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. Above all... Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him being glory and dominion forever and ever. The question is, how will you love one another earnestly if you don't really know each other? Right? I mean, here at Redemption Church, this is the place where we believe that because of the good news of Jesus, he's called us and gathered us together right, to proclaim his excellencies. And, and if you read the rest of Peter, he's kind of given some instructions, and he says, above all, love each other earnestly. So how will you do that if you don't know each other? Right? And so that's, that's why we foster things to build relationships, missional communities, serving together on Sunday mornings, which I already went through. Uh, so we encourage you to get plugged into a, an MC, get into a DNA, come to church on Sundays, commit to pray for one another. We started, if you're a prayer warrior, man, come talk to me. Because we, you know, we're starting a prayer thing on Thursday mornings, and I would love to 
get some people praying regularly. Maybe you can't do it on Thursday mornings, but you'd like to pray with us throughout the week. That's great. And what if we had people praying like during our service on Sunday morning? Right, that'd be awesome. So, if, I mean, if you want to do that, come talk to me. We can do that too. Uh, just plan to give and do that. Um, as each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied gifts. So find something you're passionate about and serve. See, this is the part I already already did that. But anyways, I have a bunch a bunch of questions. How will we lead students to Jesus if there's no leaders? How will we lead children to Jesus if there's no teachers? How will we lead the babies to know the wonder of God with no adults to change their diapers? (laughs) And how will we lead parents to Jesus if they can't participate with us because they don't have anybody to watch their children? I've actually witnessed this a lot on Sunday mornings because we didn't have anything. This is nobody's fault, but we didn't have anything for over five-year-olds. And so, you know, people came with the expectation that there would probably be something for their six-year-old and and. They left. I mean, they, they just had to turn around and leave. And I, I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, what were they? Maybe they weren't going to be able to hear anyways if they had to watch kids. So, I mean, it's, you can serve by watching their kids. And you might be making a way for somebody to hear the gospel. Who will welcome our guests? Who's going to watch the halls? Who's going to play music? And who will dedicate a Sunday morning to prayer? I, like I said, I don't want them to be done so that all the roles are filled and so that we're a church that has lots of cool programs and everybody can say, I serve in this and I serve in that, and then it's like a really legit club. That's not what, that's not what we're doing it for. Uh, I'm, I'm inviting you. We're inviting you this morning to come and see. And I'm challenging you to test the Spirit on this. He's called you to serve. He's called you to give. He's called you to be a part of the church. And you're here for a reason. And I'm challenging you to test the Spirit on this. I believe He's faithful, and He will engage your heart, and He will show you Jesus, and it will be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And you'll be called out of darkness and into His marvelous light time and time again. And I believe that as we serve together, we'll make, <laughs> it'll just be what we do together. We'll be proclaiming His excellencies through the rhythms that we're doing, and it'll make Jesus known in our city. So in so doing these things, may the people gathered together uh, by Jesus in community at Redemption Church proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. Make him known to our city. And may we see many more be called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is, you know, we need to celebrate when we see somebody come to know Jesus or when the new member comes or when we have a baptism. You know, that's a celebration. When that stuff happens, I hope that really fires us up because... We're praying for more of that because that is evidence that Jesus' name is being proclaimed through his gathered people at our church. I'm almost done. I told you you get you get get out early, so right. Uh, in closing, I guess. As I've thought and prayed over our church and what we do and why we do it, there's this song that just keeps coming up in my head. Okay, and it's been with me for a long time. Years ago, I think it was I guess it was 1999, year 2000, whatever. I went to Passion. I mentioned that earlier, right? And then in 2000, they hosted this event called One Day. And it was at Shelby Farms in Memphis, Tennessee. And a couple of you were there. Jeremy was there. Wes was there. I remember that. Claire was there. My wife was there. Um, and maybe some, some more of you. But anyways, 
at that at that uh, gathering, um, we heard a charge, I guess, to not waste our life. And we heard, I mean, it was John Piper, so you know, we were all blown away, and it's we've been changed forever, right? But uh, I mean, I was young. I was really young. I was probably like 19 or something when I went 20. I don't know what year that is. I don't. I can't do the math. But anyways. So we heard his charge not to waste our life from John Piper. And I'll never forget, he like shared this story at the end, or close to the end of the sermon, I guess. I don't know when it was in the sermon, he shared the story. Anyways, it was from Reader's Digest, and he was talking about what a real tragedy is, right? And he talks about this couple who had you know, worked for 30 years, and they had retired, and these are good things, it's not a bad thing. But they had retired, and then they had like bought an RV, and they went traveling, and you know, the article in Reader's Digest was about their shell collection and how they were collecting shells. And he was just saying that the real tragedy is that at the end of the, at the end of somebody's life, and that's no judgment on those particular people. I don't know them, but you know, at the end of our life, that the biggest thing that we'd have to offer to God would be these shells. You know, and John Piper did it really well. I can't do it, what he did. So then he charges us not to waste our life, and that, that we didn't need to know a lot to know God. We just or to, to not waste our life. We just need to know one thing, and that was Jesus Christ. And that that would give us passion. And that would give us life. Anyways, it was at that conference that this was played, and it became a prayer for me. And then we sang it at our wedding as a prayer over our marriage. Why? I mean, I'm getting, like, misty. That's, I'm sorry. Anyways, so, yeah, we sang. So we sang this at our wedding as a prayer over our marriage. And now it's just... Man, just all of a sudden it's been coming back up, and I've just been praying it for our church. And so I had to alter it because it actually says the word, you know, it's me, but I'm changing it to us. This is the, the song that I want to share with you. It says, I'm not going to sing it, okay? Give us one pure and holy passion. Give us one magnificent obsession. Give us one glorious ambition for our life to know and follow hard after you. To know and follow hard after you. To grow as your disciples in your truth. And this, <laughs> this world is empty, pale, and poor compared to knowing you are Lord. Lead us on and we will run after you. And so that's my prayer for us. Is that we be a people of one pure and holy passion to know Jesus. What? <laughs> That's really cool. See, I, I didn't plan that. I mean, I know you probably think I did, right? <laughs> and so this is in closing. May we have one glorious ambition, not a building, nothing like that, one glorious ambition to be a people who know and follow hard after Jesus. Because certainly those who know and follow hard after Jesus will lead others to know and follow hard after Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, I know I don't know how I'm supposed to pray when I'm crying. But we come to you saying thank you so much for Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you for opening the eyes of my heart to know him. And I pray that you'd lead me on to know him more and to tell others about him as well. Father, I pray for us in this room that we would be a people of one holy passion to know Jesus.
And that to do that, we would engage with the Spirit and meet the Spirit where we know He's moving. That we would love each other earnestly, that we would serve one another, that we would give, that we would practice these disciplines together because we know that in so doing, you'll move in our hearts and we know Jesus. And we're called out of darkness and out of death and into light and life. So I pray that for us. And I pray for our city, the people at our jobs, the people in our neighborhoods, the people all around us who don't know Jesus. Father, I pray that through us, through this little body of Redemption Church, that you'll proclaim the excellencies of him and that it would be for your glory and so that people would, you would be made known and you would be made famous in our city. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.